Steps. And if you've never been through Next Steps, we encourage you to be there tonight. It doesn't cost you anything. The only thing that we do ask is that on your way out today uh, at Impact Central that you sign up just to let us know that you're coming so that we can be prepared for how many people to expect. And, or you can do that online, yourimpactchurch.com. Click on Next Steps, and there's a link there where you can, you can register and sign up online and let us know that way as well. So you can do that either way before you leave today. And what Next Steps is, just to give you kind of a, a brief definition, we call it Discover Vision, Discover Purpose. And so what we want to do in Next Steps as a church is we want to tell you all about us as a church, how we got started, what we're all about, why we do what we do, uh, where we're going, all of that good stuff, what our vision is as a church, because I believe that's important for you to know, and uh, kind of how we're structured. And then we also help you discover what God has gifted you to do. So if you're looking to get involved and, and begin serving or get more connected in our church, this is the way that you do that. And what we do is we, we believe that every person in this room, and even those that couldn't be here today, that God has gifted you with something to do. And a lot of times we say, well, I'm not gifted, I'm not talented, I just can't do anything, I don't see where I fit. And that's a lie from the enemy. I just think that sometimes we need some help discovering what it is that God has created us to do. And so we'll give you kind of a, an overview of all the different areas in our church, and you'll be able to ask questions, and we'll have some leaders there that you'll be able to meet and connect with. So it's going to be a really good time. So that's tonight at 5 o'clock at the Grove. Uh, if you know where that's at, it's 143 South Main. And so be there at 5 o'clock. We'd love to see you there. And we're going to be talking about all that stuff. And uh, Spirit of Giving is this coming Saturday. So Christmas is upon us. Hope you're excited about Christmas at Impact. It's going to be a fun, fun, fun day. And so you and your family will want to be here on the 23rd for sure. Uh, it's going to be an incredible celebration of Christmas to kind of begin Christmas weekend, and we're looking forward to that. But this weekend is Spirit of Giving. This is an event we participate in every year where we give back to the community. There will be tons and tons of people with tables and stuff set up, and everybody's giving away different things, and people are able to just shop for free for everything that they need. So there will be things there, household items, pillows, food. I mean, you name it, it'll probably be there. Bikes for kids and all of that. It's an incredible, incredible event. So I encourage you to do two things. Number one is we are collecting household items. Uh, this is the final week. And so if you want to be a part of that, we encourage you to be a part of that on our Facebook page. If you haven't liked our Facebook page, go on and search Your Impact Church on Facebook, and it'll pull us up. You can like our page. And on there, there is a breakdown of what we have collected in each item and what our goal is to get that item to. And so if you want to be a blessing to somebody this holiday season and go on there and bring that with you on Saturday, so go shopping, do that thing this, this week, and bring it with you on Saturday. And then the other thing is we encourage you to show up on Saturday and serve. Be there at 9 o'clock, help us set up, serve people. I believe that there's no better rewarding thing than for you to serve God by serving other people. And I think that you'll leave every year whenever we leave this event, we leave encouraged and we leave uh, in a different frame of mind than when we went because we're reminded that we're here to serve. That Jesus said, I came to serve, not be served, and he set the example for us to do the same thing. And so I encourage you to, to participate in that. And then the last thing, and then we're going to get into the message today, is our mission trip. That is coming up this next year, July the 20th through the 27th. If you want to be a part of that, we are collecting the initial deposits for that so that you can reserve your spot on that team and be able to go. We're going to spend a week in Jamaica, and we're going to be working with uh, an orphanage there and some different churches and organizations in that country and in that area that we're going to be at. And so we want you to be there, if at all possible, July 20th through the 27th. That's We'll fly down there on a Saturday and fly back 
to the states on a Saturday, the next Saturday. And the initial deposit, you can you can pay this today. However you want to pay it, if it's cash, check, card, we don't care. We can take whatever you whatever however you need to do it. But we need you to fill out an application, which only takes just a couple of minutes, and you can do that here and then, and then drop it off at Impact Central. Uh, Charlie, who is one of our staff members, she'll be out in the lobby uh, after, immediately after the service, and she can take your payments, answer your questions, take your applications. But we encourage you, if, if you came prepared, hopefully, today to get on that team. The initial deposit is $115 to get on that team, and then we're going to move forward from there. So we want you to be a part of that and be a part of what God is doing as we go on uh, a mission trip and be a blessing to those in another country. Amen? Amen. Well, I want to welcome those of you that are watching online. We're excited that you are with us today. And we're in part two of a series that we have called The Christmas Option. The Christmas Option. And I have a lot of information to give you today, and I believe that it is going to uh, benefit you and it is going to encourage you and hopefully bring hope and joy to your life today and I'm going to give you all this and I'm going to try to do it in 30 minutes and 42 seconds somebody pray for me uh, because I that is going to be a challenge in the next 30 minutes and now 35 seconds and so uh, I'm going to try to give you all the information I can how God gave it to me and in this series what we're doing is we're looking at different aspects of the Christmas story and discovering that we can actually relate to it more than we thought we could and a lot of times we take the Christmas story and we do it a disservice because we're so familiar with it. We talked about this last week. We're so familiar with it and we read it at Christmas and we read it to our kids and we read it as a family. And, and we're going to read the portion that we normally read on Christmas. We're going to read that today and we're going to talk about some things uh, that can relate to our lives in, in those, I believe, just seven verses that we're going to look at today. But uh, what we're trying to do is, is understand that the Christmas story was a little more difficult than what we make it out to be. So we read the Christmas story, and then we're like, "Woo, let's open some presents, and let's eat too much food, and, and, and have a good time. And we do the Christmas story a disservice, and I believe that God wants us to be able to relate to some things in the Christmas story. So last week, we talked about overlooked opportunities. Overlooked opportunities. Now, if you weren't here last week, or you haven't caught the message from last week, I encourage you, however you listen to podcasts, if you listen to podcasts, download a podcast app. Or if you have uh, an iPhone, you can just use their podcast app and search Impact Church Podcast. You can always get all of our messages on there in case you ever miss one. I encourage you to listen to that as we kicked off this series talking about opportunities that we l overlook a lot of times. And last week we talked about how everybody faces disappointment. Anybody ever felt disappointed? The rest of you are lying, and that disappoints me that you are lying in church today, that you have not been disappointed. Ever, nobody's exempt from being disappointed. Everybody will be disappointed probably multiple times in your life. There will be people that will disappoint you. There will be circumstances that will disappoint you. Your job will disappoint you. Your friends will disappoint you. You're going to be disappointed at different times in your life. But we, we talked about three opportunities that we overlook a lot of times. When we're disappointed, we said that disappointments are opportunities to worship, that disappointments are opportunities to trust, and that disappointments are opportunities to encourage, to encourage each other because maybe you're going through the same thing that I'm going through or, or you've been there and now I'm going through it and we can help each other through that. There are opportunities to be found in disappointment if we just get the right perspective on the disappointment that happens in our lives. And so I encourage you to go back and listen to that message today. You can, you can either take notes or on your phone, if you have the Bible app, you can, uh, you can search 
click more and events and click on impact church and all of our notes are on there you can take notes digitally on your phone uh, but today i want to talk to you on this subject as we continue our series i've titled this message the blessing of discomfort the blessing of discomfort now some of you are uncomfortable right now because we're going to be talking about discomfort but i believe there's blessing in discomfort and as we get started today i'm going to ask you a couple of questions and i need your participation we're a church that participates so i need you to participate and look alive and shout me down and amen and preach it and say what and do all that good stuff because i really enjoy that when you do it It makes me preach better you figure that out by now um I, hey there you go right there there you go everybody taking notes that guy right there so i want to talk to you about the blessing of discomfort but i want to ask you two questions as we get started here's the first one during the holiday season, during this Christmas season, over the next few weeks, is anybody going to travel? You need to raise your hand. This is the participation part. If you're going to travel somewhere, raise your hand. All right. Now, for those of us that are going to travel, how many of us are going to travel and we're going to stay overnight, at least one night, somewhere other than our home? You're going somewhere and you're going to stay the night there. You're going to be in a hotel or something like that. You're going to be traveling. See, here's what – does anybody – we get excited and we're like, yeah, we get to go see friends and family and stuff like that. But here's what I've discovered. That one of the most difficult things about the holiday season is traveling and having to be away from home for a little period of time. Anybody go somewhere and you stay overnight, you stay a couple of days, and you come home and you're like, thank God I'm home. You lay in your bed and it's like, thank you, Lord, for my bed. You know, I love their bed. It's a great bed. But I just want to be in my bed right and then if you're like us you go to multiple places and so when you do that then the next day you're going somewhere else and then you're coming back and you're going somewhere else we travel a lot during the holiday season i think we go to like seven or eight different locations uh during the month of december some of you think we're crazy sometimes we do too um but <laughs> it's one of the hardest parts about traveling in the holidays is when you have to stay away from your home because as nice as it is you want to be in your routine you want to be in the comfort and the safety of your own home but here's what's interesting about the Christmas story. Can we relate this to the Christmas story for just a moment? Here's what's interesting, and maybe you want to write this down, that the Christmas story, there it is. The Christmas story really doesn't give us comfortable and safe feelings. See, we read it in the comfort of our own home, around family, and we read it, and we're like, oh, Mary and Joseph, they did this, and, oh, Jesus was born, oh, let's open some presents, we love each other, let's eat some food, right? But the Christmas story was anything but comfortable and safe <laughs> anything but it really doesn't give us very much comfortable or safe feelings and i'm going to prove it to you as we go through this because the people in the christmas story they're under the authority of people they don't want to be under the authority of their routines are non-existent and mary and joseph as we're about to see they are removed from their home and they have to make a journey to a place that they don't know now, how many of you would sign up for that? Let me just get up today and go get on my donkey. And let me travel for a few days to a place that I don't know and I'm not familiar with because I'm being forced to. Anybody want to sign up for that? You're forcing me to do it, so I'm going to get on this donkey and I'm going to ride it for a few days and... And we're going to talk about this a little bit more as we go on. But it's not it was anything but comfortable. There was a lot of discomfort. 
And last week we talked about disappointment. Today I want to talk to you about discomfort. Because in the Christmas story, I believe we see God's plan moving forward even in discomfort. Even in the uncomfortable, God is accomplishing what he wants to accomplish. So let's talk about it for a few moments. And I want to give you three things, and we're going to read some of the Christmas story as we go along through these three things. But I want to give you three things that I believe will encourage you, bring you hope today as it, re- as it relates to discomfort in your life. Here's number one. It's that God wants to use your discomfort for his glory. And here's why this is number one. Because if we don't get this, then the other two don't matter. If you don't understand that God wants to use your uncomfortable moments and your discomfort for his glory, then you won't get the next two things that we're going to talk about. So you have to understand that when you're uncomfortable, that's an opportunity that God wants to use for his purpose. And sometimes God will make you uncomfortable to accomplish his purpose. And we're going to see that here in just a moment. But I want to read in Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 1. Let's read a few verses and talk about it. It says, In those days Caesar Augustus made a law. It required that a list be made of everyone in the whole Roman world. It was the first time a list was made of the people while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be listed. So some translations say a list. Some translations say a census. Some translations say to be registered. Some translations talk about tax. We don't like talking about tax. I don't like talking about tax. I don't like paying tax. But we need to understand, in order for us to really grasp what's going on, we have to understand the political culture that they were in while this was going on. Because if you don't understand what they were up against while this was going on, then you can't really understand what was going on. And we read it a lot of times and like, oh, they had to go take a census and fill out some paperwork and do all No, that's not exactly what they had to do. It was a little more to it than that. And just to kind of give you some background, the promised land. How many of you heard of the promised land? The promised land, if you've been in church uh, for a minute or you went to Sunday school at the church you grew up in or something like that, you probably heard your teacher, Sunday school teacher, talking about the promised land and God's people going to the promised land. And So the promised land, there's a land that has been promised to God's people. And it was given to them. But centuries later, Rome has conquered it and is now in control. So they're living in this land that they don't even own anymore, that they don't have any control of anymore. And they're under the authority of people they don't want to be under the authority of. And along with that, that means that Rome could tax these people all they wanted. So they could just call up, we're just going to tax today. We're just going to make it to where when you walk through this gate, you have to pay some tax. We're just, you know, today I'm just feeling kind of feisty. Just feeling kind of ornery. So I'm just going to sit here, and when you come into church today, you're going to have to pay a little tax before you get into church. This is, this is what they were up against. This is the political culture that they were in in the moment. And so Mary and Joseph were faced with a lot of discomfort in this story. But it's also important for us to know, along with the political culture of what was going on, it's important for us to understand how God consistently worked in the dark places to bring deliverance, and he was faithful. So I want to kind of go through some some scenarios here, just a couple of them to kind of to prove this point. But even when when these people were in a dark time, God was still faithful. Maybe you've heard or read the story of Joseph. And Joseph did not have a great story. We read it as a great story. But how do you know when Joseph was living the story that we read today, he didn't know the ending. <laughs> he didn't know how it was going to turn out. And here's a, here's a little boy who who his brothers don't like him. 
His brothers want nothing to do with him. They throw him in a pit. They sell him into slavery. He ends up in prison for something he didn't even do. All this stuff is happening to Joseph, and Joseph keeps a good attitude as it's recorded through all of it, and God works, and he's faithful through all of it, and ends up bringing about the, the, he saves his family from famine and starvation in the land that they were living in because of Joseph. All of this worked together so that Joseph could be in this position so that his family could come to Egypt so that they would have enough food to live off of while there was no food in the land. So God took something that was a dark time that Joseph really didn't understand what was going on, and he had a purpose for it. There was something that God was doing through all of it. Think about Moses and Joshua, eventually Joshua. The, the, the people that Moses leads the Israelites out of Egypt, out of slavery. And God's trying to teach them some things and work some things out in them. How many of you know that just because the Israelites came out of Egypt, Egypt didn't come out of them? You ever, you ever had a bad habit and you get saved and then your bad habit's still there? That's because it's a process that God wants to take you through to remove some things in your life that aren't good for you so that you can have the full life that he intends for you to have. So he takes them on this process, and they're in the wilderness because they're stubborn and they don't want to learn like most of us, and they complain a lot. And so they're in the wilderness for 40 years, and then Joshua finally takes them into the promised land. And God does something through what seemed to be like a dark situation. God is faithful. And then you read on, and he feeds them. You know, they wake up in the morning. Imagine this. They wake up in the morning, and there's food on the ground. Just on the ground. They're not, having to, they're not having to do anything for it. They just got to go get it. They wake up. God says, I'm going to take care of you because I've called you here. I'm going to take care of you. And so they wake up, and there's just food. On, they, they, just, they wake up and they're like, I wonder what's out there today. What are we going to do with the, with, with the manna today? Are we going to fry it? Are we going to bake it? Are we going to put some oil on it? Are we going to season it? You know, it's just God was just supplying everything that they needed because he was faithful. And now, through a dark time, when these people are controlled by a government in Rome that they don't want to be controlled by, he uses a difficult situation and a, an uncomfortable situation to bring Jesus into the world. So because they went on this journey and because they went through all this stuff, God uses it to bring Jesus into the world so that he could eventually save the world. I even think about missionaries. I don't know if you're familiar with, with missionaries, but it's people that God has called to, to go to other countries and even in our country as well. And they go, and their 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 purpose is to lead people to Jesus. You know, even in communities where Jesus, nobody even knows who Jesus is. They've never even heard of Jesus. And so they go in these communities. But what's interesting is they usually don't have the rights, the normal rights of the people. And, and it's an uncomfortable situation a lot of times because you might have to learn how to speak that language. You might have to learn what their cultural, cultural background is so that you can really fit in and reach those people. There's a lot of discomfort that comes with doing that. But here's what I've, here's what I've discovered. That those people, a lot of times, their words carry more weight than ours. So if we were to just pop in and try to tell somebody about Jesus in another country, that's all well and good. But somebody that's been there and has invested and is living there and is spending time with them and is investing in them, their words carry more weight than ours. And it's the same way. You ever, you ever had somebody try to tell you how to do something that they've never done you ever, you ever been asking for advice and the person that wants to give you the advice is the person that's never been through what you've been through? I always like to think of that. We have, uh, my wife and I, we have four kids from nine, seven, five, and almost a year. And what, what's interesting a lot of times is when, when people, you know, they'll, and not always to us, I've seen this happen to other people as well, but you'll see somebody, you know, and, and they'll be trying to tell you, and it's like, well, if you would do that, you know, then your kids would behave, right? Well, they wouldn't throw fit if you just, you know, discipline them. 
you just spank them a little bit more. You just do this. And and what what gets me a lot of times is when this is coming from a person who has no kids. And they have the perfect solution to how you need to raise your kids, but I have no kids. And I don't know how, I've never lived it, but I'm going to tell you how to do it, right? Who's, whose words have more weight and influence in your life? Somebody that has no experience in what you're going through that is trying to tell you what to do, or somebody that's been there, somebody that's in the same season as you, somebody that's been through what you're going through and is trying to walk you through it and pray for you and be there for you. Obviously, it's a person that you can relate with because they have the similar experience that you do. And I believe it's the same way with, with, with the missionaries. That's the reason why their, their words carry more weight in areas than ours do. When we, what if, what if we chose to worship in the middle of discomfort instead of complaining? What could, I wonder what could happen if when we get uncomfortable, we're in an uncomfortable situation. We decided to worship instead of complaining. When was the last time that you got uncomfortable and your first thought was, whoo, throw on the worship music. That's my jam right there. Reckless love of God. Feeling it right now. Uncomfortable. When was the last time you did that? Most of us, when we get uncomfortable, we start complaining. We go tell somebody about our discomfort. We start griping about it. What what could happen if we decided that, you know what, this is an opportunity for me to worship in my discomfort. We can even say it this way. When we choose to worship instead of complain about our discomfort, we can see some of the greatest things happen for the kingdom of God. Because it's, it's the, the great things I'm talking about is when you decide to worship God through discomfort, through giving. To worship God through, through, through uh, praise when you don't feel like it. To worship God through loving people that you don't feel like loving. Come on, somebody. That person that gets on your nerves at work all the time and you start showing them love, that's, that's, that's what we're talking about. Uncomfortable situation, don't really want to do it, but I'm going to choose to worship God in this area of my life while I'm uncomfortable rather than complain about it. So the first thing that we see is God wants to use your discomfort for his glory. Here's number two, if you're taking notes, is that God has a journey for you. There's a journey for you, personally. God has a journey that he wants to take you on. We continue in that that portion, verses 4 and 5 of Luke chapter 2. It says, So Joseph went also, he went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, That is where Bethlehem, the town of David, was. Joseph went there because he belonged to the family line of David. He went there with Mary to be listed. Mary was engaged to him. She was expecting a baby. So they find out they're going to have to make this long journey. They start packing, and then things go from bad to worse because she's really, 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 really pregnant. Like really, really, really pregnant. Like really pregnant. And things go from, you know, and maybe they didn't think about that in the moment. It was like, oh, man, we're going to take this journey. And then she's like, wait a second. I'm pregnant. This is not going to be fun. As a matter of fact, this is going to (laughs) suck. And I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. So not only are they going to be taxed again and they're going to have to do all this stuff, they're now going to have to leave their home and make this intense journey while Mary is in the late stages of pregnancy. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but ladies, (laughs) I want you to just imagine for a moment that you're sitting at home and you're eight months pregnant. I mean, you're pregnant. And your husband comes in. <laughs> Babe. <laughs> you know, word got around today that 
you know, we have to go fill out some paperwork, and we're going to have to go back to where I'm from. In order to get there, it's going to take a little while, and it's going to be an intense journey. It's not going to be a lot of fun. And can you, can you imagine the frustration and the discomfort of getting up off the couch at eight months pregnant and getting on your donkey? And riding for days on your donkey. Oh, and by the way, when we when it become when it's nighttime, you know how we're gonna sleep? We're just gonna just a little pallet out on the sand. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be great. <laughs> you're gonna love it. You're gonna just you're just gonna love this. And I imagine she's probably thinking, why do you have to be born and from this specific area that's gonna take us that long to get there when I'm eight months pregnant? The timing is terrible. Terrible timing. I'm already uncomfortable. My back hurts. I'm already to the stage of pregnancy where I'm like, just get this baby out of me. Just schedule the date now. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> All the ladies that have kids are like, mm, nodding their heads right now. All of us guys, we're looking at each other because we don't really get it. But <laughs> And I was thinking, like, while on this journey, while they were doing this, a lot of times we, it's, it's important for us to remember that this wasn't a vacation. This wasn't like, woo, going to the beach, you know, last vacation before the baby comes. That's not what was happening. <laughs> this was going somewhere we don't want to go because we're forced to by people we don't even like to go there. And I'm eight months pregnant. So, woo right? Not good times. But... I think about while they were on this journey, <laughs> and some of the, can you imagine the conversations that Mary and Joseph had while she's eight months pregnant, and they're, you know, they're on this journey? I mean, she probably wanted to eat and vomit at the same time, right? Like, I'm really hungry, but I'm really sick, and, you know, this is really uncomfortable, and I hate, I've been sleeping on the ground for the last three nights, and come on, somebody, right? It was uncomfortable. But here's what's interesting. God's plan, don't miss this, God's plan for them required a difficult journey. <laughs> I don't know if y'all got it over there. I'm going to say it to this side of the room. God's plan, his plan, not like plan B, not plan C, like, woo, that didn't work, so we're going to go with this. No, his plan required, didn't request. Do you want to go this way? Do you want this? No, God's plan required them to go on a difficult, uncomfortable journey. And I wonder sometimes if God's plan for my life and your life might require us to sometimes go on a difficult journey. I wonder if there is a journey that God's trying to take you on, and sometimes it might be uncomfortable. I want to, I'm running out of time, but I want to, I want to show you this because I thought when I was studying for this and I read this over the last week, uh, this specific, it's it's a psychology, psychological model. And it's called the learning zone model. And I thought this was so interesting how we can relate this to our spiritual walk and how God does in our lives. Because there are three zones. And this zone right here, we're going to call this the comfort zone. Anybody like the comfort zone? In my comfort zone, right? Kick back in the chair. Everything's going good. And then over here, we have the learning zone in the middle. And then the last zone, the third zone, is the panic zone. How many of you live in the panic zone? 
<laughs> in a panic zone, just panic, just worried about everything, worried about money, worried about kids, worried about job, worried about, worried about church, worried about everything. There's the comfort zone, the learning zone, and the panic zone. And here's the problem and the reality for most of us is we live in one of two. We're either in the comfort zone and we found our, our stride and we're in the comfort zone and everything's comfortable and we don't really want to do anything else and we don't want to really rock the boat because everything feels good right now and everything seems to be going our way. Or we're in the panic zone the next moment or some of us live in the panic zone all the time where we're worried all the time, worried about this, worried about that, worried about this. What if this happens? What if that happens? Oh, I'm just panicked all the time, just freaking out all the time. I, I heard this this last week, and I found it interesting that 96% of things that we worry about will either never happen or you can't change it anyway. 96%! <laughs> so you're living in a world where 96% of what you're worried about you can't do anything about, and it probably won't ever happen. And then the other 4% might happen to you, but most of those things you have the opportunity to change. <laughs> so I'm going to live in a panic zone where I'm worried all the time about 96% of stuff that will never happen or I can't, I can't affect the outcome of anyway. While 4% of what I'm worried about, I could make a decision probably and change it. I could have a conversation and change it. I could make one, one different choice and change it. But yet we live in the comfort zone or in the panic zone. But what about the learning zone? See, here's, here's what I have found out. In the comfort zone, there is no growth that happens. Because I'm so comfortable that I don't really need to trust God for anything because I'm in my comfort zone. So I'm just kind of, you know, just I just work here and we make enough money to get by and you know, we watch TV at night, and marriage is okay, and the kids aren't going crazy, and I'm just in my comfort zone. Another thing that I've discovered is in the panic zone, no growth happens. And the reason why no growth happens here is because you don't trust God with anything. The reason you're worried is because you say, you're saying not, not in these terms, but in your mind when you worry, you're saying, God, I don't trust you in that. So I'm going to worry about it. I'm going to worry about the economy. I'm going to worry about politics. I'm going to worry about my job. I'm going to worry about my kids. I'm going to worry about my family. I'm going to worry about church. I'm going to worry about if the car is going to start because it didn't start yesterday. I'm going to worry about all that stuff. And you're over here and you're worrying and you're saying, you know what? When you worry, you say, God, I don't trust you with that. So I'm going to hold on to it. And I'm going to worry about it. And I'm going to try to figure it out myself. So there's no growth that happens when you're comfortable. And there's no growth that happens when you're freaking out. But the growth... <laughs> happens in the middle. And what God is trying to do, for those of us that are in the comfort zone, God a lot of times is trying to pull us over here into the learning zone and say, hey, this might be a little uncomfortable for a little bit, and it might be out of your comfort zone, and, and it's not something you're used to doing, but I'm trying to grow you, and I'm trying to do something through you, and I'm trying to, to encourage you, and I'm trying to do something that I can only do if you'll get over here and you'll grow with me. And then over here, for those of us that are over in the panic zone, God's like, if you will just come back over here into the learning zone where you put your trust in me and stop worrying about everything, and you just say, you know what, God, it's all in your hands, it's in your control, I, I, there's nothing I can do to change it, it may not even ever happen, so I'm going to just put it in your hands and say, you know what, God, I trust you with every area of my life. 
This is where God grows you. This is where growth happens, is in the middle. It's in the middle. But for most of us, we're one extreme or the other. We're worried about everything all the time, or we're so comfortable that we don't want to do anything, and when God asks us to do something, we don't want to step out and do it because it's uncomfortable. It might rock the boat. Woo! Might have to move into a different house, God. You know how much stuff we have, God? It's uncomfortable. But God says the growth is going to happen in the middle. When you're uncomfortable, but you're trusting me. And here's the good news about the middle. That God says, if I call you out of the comfort zone, I go with you. The reason I'm trying to pull you back out of the panic zone is because I want you to trust me that I'm with you. So whatever you're going through in your life... God is with you. So if it's a little bit uncomfortable or if it's a lot uncomfortable, God is still with you. And he doesn't want you to slip back over into comfortable because you don't grow there. And he doesn't want you to lose your trust and your faith in him because then you'll get over here and you'll start worrying about everything. He says, no, if you'll just stay right here in this zone so that you can learn, you can grow, I can move you forward, this is where it's at. And I'm with you. I'm with you. See, most of us, we leave this and we go, go to one of these two places because we don't understand that God is with us. And, and things start getting uncomfortable and we think, whoo, God, where are you at? I'm uncomfortable. Where are you at? And so we get back in the comfort zone or we start worrying about everything. God says, no, just stay on the journey because I have a journey for you. And sometimes God requires a difficult journey to accomplish what he wants to accomplish through you. Sometimes it'll be required for Mary and Joseph, it was a requirement. The only way for God to be able to fulfill what the prophet said and for Jesus to be able to be born where he was born was a difficult journey had to happen. And for some of us, we have to walk a difficult journey. And it's not because God is mad at you. And it's not because God is upset with you. And it's not because God is not with you. It's because God's trying to do something in you and through you that you can't do when you're comfortable or when you're freaking out all the time. You've got to get in the middle. You've got to get in the learning zone so that God can grow you and realize, I'm going to trust you enough to not, I'm going to trust you with everything so that I don't get over here, but I don't want to be comfortable because nothing happens when I'm comfortable. I want to do what God wants me to do. And many of us have a false conception that if God is leading us, that the journey will be easy. And this is, this is my fear for so many people, and I don't have time to, it's a completely different message where Jesus is telling the parable about the seed that's on the ground and that is in the thorns and all this stuff. And one of those is where people receive Jesus, but then life chokes it out of them. And the first, and the first bad thing that happens, they turn away from God. The first bad thing, the first uncomfortable thing that happens, they turn away from from God because they thought, well, when I give my life to Jesus, everything's going to get easy. God didn't say everything's going to get easy. He said that he would be with you. That's the reason he sent Jesus to this earth and why we celebrate Christmas is God was sending Jesus to the earth. God with us. God in the flesh so that we could have a connection and a relationship with our Heavenly Father. And I believe that if you look at anyone that God has done amazing things through, I would bet if you began to ask them some questions, there was some difficult and some hard and some uncomfortable things they had to walk through to get to the place where God has them 
right now. And we're seeing the fruit of what God's doing, but we didn't see the journey that they had to go on to get the fruit that God is doing in their life. Are you with me? So it's in the learning zone that God uses people. We could say it this way, that the journey positions us for God's promise. If God has a journey planned for us, he will go on it with us and he will prepare the way. So God wants to use your discomfort for his glory. God has a journey for you. And number three, God has a place for you. God has a place for you. Reading verses 6 and 7 in Luke chapter 2 says, While Joseph and Mary were there, the time came for the child to be born. She gave birth to her first baby. It was a boy. She wrapped him in large strips of cloth. Then she placed him in a manger. There was no room for them in the inn. Now, I like to read into the Bible a little bit, and this is not in the Bible, so don't go looking for this in the Bible. But I wonder sometimes what had to be going through the innkeeper's mind when Joseph and Mary rolled up at the hotel. <laughs> they pull up under the awning, get off the donkey, doors open up, they go in, Woo, this is a nice one, Woo, I'm excited about this. Go up to the front desk, hey, we need a room. <sighs> man, I'm sorry. Well, how many more rooms? Like the last one just got booked, man, somebody went online like right now and they booked it. It just came through confirmation on the computer right there. They're going to be here at four. Sorry, like that was the last room we had. And you had to wonder what was going through his mind and, and what was going through Joseph's mind. <laughs> because whenever they roll up and Joseph's like, you know, we need a room. And the was like, we don't have any room. And Joseph's like, like, do you? <laughs> and he probably pulls the innkeeper over to the side like, listen. <laughs> okay. Like I've just taken my wife from our house. And she's been on a donkey for a few days. <laughs> And we've been sleeping on the ground. <laughs> so, dude, like, help me out, man. <laughs> Come on, like, do me a favor or something. Man, there's no room. There's no room. But out back, you know, where we, where the horses and the cows and everything, where they are, you know, there's some place back there. You know, you can probably find a place to lay down. It might be a little cushiony, you know. It might be some hay out there. You can kind of spread it out, you know, and, and, and everything will be good there. How many times when things get un uncomfortable, and the Bible doesn't tell us what Mary and Joseph said in that moment, just that they went to the stable. But how many times when we get uncomfortable, we get in an uncomfortable, uncomfortable situation, and we start trying to reason, it's like, come on, like, my God, I'm reading my Bible. Like, I just prayed last night, and I'm trying to live for you. And I gave my life to you, and that guy's still on that stage and said, you know, I just need to pray this prayer and believe it in my heart and, and mean it and, and that you would save me. And, and this is, like, this is hard. And we start bargaining with God. It's like, come on, God, do me a, like, do me a favor. <laughs> do me a favor. But, but if, God, if God still says, no, this is my plan for you, I want you to do this, are we willing to go do it? Because they walked back around back, and they got in the stable, and Joseph, you know, he's trying to, like, make a pillow, you know, let's get it, get it all organized, you know. It's like, whoo, right there, babe. Is that the, like, the good angle? You know, is that right? And it was uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable. But what if, what if we thought about it in this way? There really wasn't a perfect spot for the Son of God to be born. Is there really a perfect spot for God's son to come into the world 
on the very first Christmas night. I mean, even if they had gotten a room, would that have been like, this is the perfect spot? You know, whew, look at that bed, you know, pillow top mattress. Perfect spot to have the Son of God. There really wasn't a perfect spot or something that could adequately accommodate that moment because it was so special. And I wonder, I wonder if God's plans for your life are so big that you really don't understand them. And I wonder if sometimes we should feel a little more like there's no room in the end. Because God's plans are so big for my life that it's really not going to fit in this little comfortable box that I really want to be in. I wonder if God wants to do something through you that's so big that you're never really going to fit in. Have you ever thought about it that way? That maybe God's plan, and sometimes, and here's, and sometimes I, I said this earlier, that God's plan will sometimes require a difficult journey. I think there are some of us that are praying for discomfort to leave, and in turn, we're praying God's will off of our life because God says, no, the journey that I have for you and what I want to do through you is going to require you to walk through this. And if you're not willing to walk through this, then I can't do through you what I want to do through you. And we're praying for God to remove discomfort because we don't like it. And really, we're disqualifying ourselves from being able to be used exactly how God wants to use us. And we think we're just praying, whoo, God, take that situation away. Like, whoo, God, help the boss to fire them. Because they get on my nerves. And I don't like them. So help, like, just, and we're praying for, for discomfort to leave. And in turn, we're praying for God's will for our life to not be accomplished. Because sometimes God's will for your life will require you to go through some hard. It'll require a difficult journey. This world can't fully contain our purpose. It can't really contain it. Now, I'm going to give you one final example, and then we're going to pray, and, and uh, we'll get out of here in just a couple of minutes. But has anybody seen the movie Elf? <laughs> if you haven't seen the movie Elf, I'm so sorry. So for those of us that have seen the movie Elf, if you haven't, then just kind of let you know what Will Ferrell plays the, the main character in Elf. And when he's, when he's little... He accidentally crawls into Santa's bag and makes it back to the North Pole, and they decide to keep him. Right? Are you with me? So he gets in Santa's bag, gets to the North Pole. They decide to keep him at the North Pole, and they raise him like an elf. But eventually he outgrows the elf world. Can I tell you why? And this is so obvious. <laughs> he wasn't meant to be an elf. Some of you are praying for comfort, and God has called you to something greater. And you're willing to settle for sitting here being comfortable when God is saying, if you will just follow me, even though it gets uncomfortable, you're not called to just be normal. You're called to do more. You're called to do bigger things. But it's going to require you to be willing to go through some stuff. But I'm going to be with you while you go through it. But if you're not willing to go through it, then I can't accomplish my purpose for your life like I want to. He outgrew the elf world because he wasn't an elf. And some of us are trying to be elves. 
and we've been raised like an elf, and we've been thinking like an elf, and things started getting uncomfortable, and it's because you've outgrown the elf world, and God says, you're not meant to be an elf. You're meant to do something else. You're meant to be greater than what you are. You're meant to do more for the kingdom than what you're doing. You're meant to serve in that. You're, you're meant to be a leader. You're meant to do so much more than what you think is possible through your life. And that's why it's uncomfortable. It's because you're not meant to fit in. You're not meant to just be comfortable. And if you want to do something great for God, it's going to require a difficult, uncomfortable journey. But God is always with us. I want to bring the worship team back up. What if the plans God has for your life are so great that they will never fit into a perfect, comfortable box? What if the reason you're uncomfortable is because God has more for you? And you've been, you've been reading it all wrong. You've been thinking that God has left you because you're uncomfortable. And God says, no, I am right here in this because this is exactly where I want you to be. And I'm trying to do something in you so I can do something through you. So I need you to stay in the middle. I need you to stay where I've got you. I need you to plant yourself right there and continue to let me grow you and do that. And, and, and you've been reading your discomfort all wrong. You've been reading your discomfort as, where is God? And God says, I'm right here. I'm the one that led you there. Because I have something so much greater for you than what you could even comprehend. What if it's never going to fit in a perfect, comfortable box? And your journey in life is not going to look like anyone else's journey because God has a unique plan for you. I want to say this. Will you stand to your feet? Title of the message, The Blessing of Discomfort. I believe there's a blessing in discomfort. But the question is, are you willing to go on the journey? Are you willing, are you brave enough for the adventure? Are you willing to say, you know what, maybe, maybe I'm uncomfortable right now because God has something more for me. Maybe I don't feel like I fit in this scenario because God has something more for me. Maybe I'm thinking outside the box because God has something more for me. What if God's plan for you is so much greater than you think it is? And instead of praying away discomfort, you invited it and said, you know what? If this is something you're walking me through, I know that you're with me. So I'm going to stay in the middle. We could have called this message in the middle. I'm going to stay in the middle because I know that's where you are. You're not in the comfortable and you're not in the panic. You're in the middle. You're in the learning. You're in the growing. You're in the journey. You're in the adventure. And so I'm going to stay on the journey with you so that you can lead me where you're trying to take me. And even if it gets uncomfortable and even if it gets difficult, I'm going to have the perspective that says God must have something great for me. Let me say it to you this way. If you're living in discomfort and you're really trying to live for God and everything seems like it's uncomfortable, whew, you must be important. <laughs> you must be really important. There must be something that God is really wanting to do through your life. If you'll just get a new perspective and frame it a different way and stop praying away your discomfort and say, you know what, God, if this is where you've led me, then you teach me what you want in this season and you grow me in this season so that I can do the great things that you have for me in the future. 
I'm staying in the middle. I'm staying in the middle. God, I thank you for your word today. God, I thank you for speaking to us. I believe that you have taught us something, that you have spoken to our hearts today. God, we just pray that your will would be done. God, I pray right now, just ask this, just in your own heart right now, just say, Holy Spirit, what are you trying to teach me through today's message? What are you showing me? What do you want me to do? Just ask, ask the Lord, what do you want me to do with today's message? There are going to be some people down here at the front on our prayer team, and we're going to sing one final worship song, and I encourage you. If you don't need prayer today, let's worship God in this final song. And if you need prayer for anything in your life, you don't, have to, you don't have to attend here all the time. This could be your first time here. You could be a regular attender. You could, you, could, you could just be trying it out for the first time today. It doesn't matter. Everybody needs prayer in life. Everybody at different times, you're going to need prayer. Maybe you just need some encouragement. Maybe you need somebody to pray for you. You don't know what to pray. Maybe you're going through something. Maybe there's a financial struggle. Maybe it's relational. I don't know what it is. But whatever it is, if you need prayer, when we begin to sing this last song, the worship team begins to play. You can just step out of your seat. Come down. We would love to pray for you. If that's you, if that's not you, then I encourage you. Let's lift our voices. Let's lift our hands. Let's let's honor God. Let's worship God before we leave today. Amen. God, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would draw every person today who needs prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.